Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to the February 2000 CT is Us 2016 February quiz. We have 10 excellent cases for you, and let's get started. This is a great case. When you look carefully, what you notice is there's a mass adjacent to the diaphragm, and it's adjacent to the right adrenal gland. And you look, it's low density. It has some fat in it. At first glance, you're going to say a um, myelipoma of the adrenal gland. But then you recognize the adrenals next to it, but it is fat density. Could this be a liposarcoma? I guess that's a thought. It has fat, soft tissue, but it's fairly well defined. It doesn't look like an adrenal hemorrhage. It's not because the adrenal is perfectly normal and it's not high density, so it's not a periadrenal hemorrhage. This was resected, and this ended up being, interestingly, a retroperitoneal myelolipoma and the adrenal gland was immediately abutting it. So it did not arise from the adrenal like an exophytic lesion, but it was separate from it. And I thought that was a very, very unusual case. This is an interesting case. This patient has back pain. They did a spine MR, and they saw something by the kidney. We did a CT. And you can see from the axial view a lobulated, sort of low-density, soft tissue mass abutting the left renal vein, abutting the IVC. You can see it has some mass effect, but it's not invading anything. So what's the best diagnosis? It is low density. You might have thought about a liposarcoma. I guess it's a possibility. It doesn't look like a myelolipoma. And I guess theoretically, 100%, I couldn't exclude an adrenal carcinoma, though it's somewhat low density. This patient went to surgery. This was a ganglion neuroma. Now, I wrote an article on adrenal ganglion neuromas, and, but when you looked at this, Actually, the path, they said this was a ganglion neuroma, but the adrenal gland was caught next to it, but it was not arising from the adrenal. So a very interesting case. It does make the point that neurogenic tumors, like a ganglion neuroma, are often low density. They often have unusual appearances, so it's something you do need to think about. In this case, I'm asking for the least likely diagnosis. What you see is a mass in the right kidney that on arterial phase imaging enhances in a very homogeneous pattern. And similarly, on the venous phase, it looks almost similar, very well defined. Now, if you're really good, you could say papillary renal cell carcinoma. That's a possibility, though it is fairly homogeneous, but once in a while it can happen. Probably not a clear cell. It's not vascular enough. I don't think it's a renal angiomyelipoma because I don't see any fat. Now, I know you can have fat, avid uh, renal angiomyelipomas. You can have minimal fat, lots of fat, sometimes almost no fat. When there's no fat, you can't make the diagnosis. If I had to pick what I thought this lesion would be is, with the homogeneous enhancement, well-defined borders, I would say an oncocytoma. Interestingly, you don't see the left kidney. The spleen is rotating to the left renal bed if you had all the sections. This patient had a left nephrectomy, and that diagnosis then was a oncocytoma. This was also an oncocytoma. So the least likely diagnosis is going to be an angiomyolipoma. Again, you can argue, what about a clear cell? Could that be the least likely? Well, it's not uncommon for us to see clear cells that are not very vascular. This is an interesting case. 50-year-old back pain, what is this lesion? Interesting, this was biopsied, felt to be adenocarcinoma. I'm looking at this case and I say, wait a second. I agree there's a mass in the distal body and tail of the pancreas, but it has coarse calcifications. Adenocarcinomas never calcify, never is a big word. Occasionally, you can see calcifications near an adenoCA if the patient has underlying chronic pancreatitis. 
this doesn't look like chronic pancreatitis. Spend tumors can calcify, but um, patients in the 50s, it's a male, usually it's the 20s or in the teens, and it's a female. Also, those lesions are usually cystic. This is solid. The best guess here would be a neuroendocrine tumor. When I see a mass that's enhancing, which this is compared to the regular gland and this calcifications, I gotta think about a neuroendocrine tumor. Another good rule I seem to see all the time is that neuroendocrine tumors have punctate calcifications, spotty calcifications, and spend tumors have calcifications around the rim of the lesion. So that can be very helpful. This is a great case, HIV patient with fever, what's going on? Well, when I look at the liver, I see a complex cystic lesion in the right lobe. And although the thought of metastasis or a primary tumor is considered, you always gotta think about an abscess. And in fact, right lobe of liver, I would think about an amoebic abscess. Then you scan the patient, and when you get to the pelvis, you see marked inflammation of the sigmoid colon. There's some air adjacent to the sigmoid colon. This patient has an abscess and diverticulitis. When you put everything together, yes, it's diverticulitis, but the liver abscess becomes part of the answer. Patients with diverticulitis often do develop liver abscesses. Same thing with patients with perforated appendicitis. This is not a hepatoma. It's not simple diverticulitis and it's not colon cancer. It's just a very, very nice example. This case, I'm showing you a chest and abdomen image, asking you for the best diagnosis. In the chest, you see bronchiectasis with inflammatory changes, and in the abdomen, the key thing is total replacement of the pancreas by fat. That image on your right, the abdomen image alone, to me, is cystic fibrosis. It's not gonna be collagen vascular disease or HIV or lymphoma. And then you can combine the lung findings with the pancreas findings. Beautiful example of cystic fibrosis in a patient with repeated infection in the lungs. Very, very nice example. This patient had abdominal pain and was treated for pancreatic cancer. When you look at these images, and I've showed you only two images, I'm not looking at the pancreas or whether there's recurrence or residual disease. What you're looking at is the marked inflammation and thickening with the halo appearance of the distal small bowel. This appearance is impressive. It almost looks like what you would see with graft-versus-host disease. Could it be ischemic colitis? I guess in theory, inflamed bowel could almost always be a type of ischemic colitis. Crohn's with a halo, I guess theoretically possible. It's a long area of involvement. Radiogen enteritis, well, usually the bowel is tethered and I'm telling you pancreatic cancer, this is not the pancreatic bed that would have been radiated. This is the right lower quadrant. This patient was on fulfurinox. Patients on chemotherapy can often get drug-induced enteritis, and that's what this was. So if you're scanning a patient, you see thickened bowel, and it's an oncology patient, you better think about enteritis. Enteritis can be very severe. It can kill the patient. Sometimes we see it before the patient's symptomatic. This patient eventually develops severe diarrhea, but did okay. This is a straightforward case. I've showed you recently cases with lesions in or near the adrenal bed, and I want to give you a more classic classic adrenal mass, hypervascular, hypervascular adrenal mass. If the kidney was missing, I could think about metastatic renal cell carcinoma. But in this case, I'm going with a pheochromocytoma. Could this be an adrenal carcinoma? I guess it could. If I gave you the real history, the patient was hypertensive, that would make life easy. Lymphoma is usually large, adrenal shape, often bilateral but low density. This is a beautiful example of a classic pheochromocytoma.
This is an excellent case. You see a pancreatic cystic lesion with dystrophic calcifications around the edge of the lesion. And we talk about calcifications centrally in serous adenomas, diffuse calcifications in chronic pancreatitis, or diffuse calcifications in patients with neuroendocrine tumors. When you start seeing this calcification around the edge of the lesion, you gotta be thinking about a SPEN tumor, solid and papillary epithelial neoplasm. Just a very classic finding. And also, the younger the patient, the more likely a SPEN tumor is. SPENs are best between 17 and 30. This is a great case. Just for a moment, look at the left adrenal. You see a solid mass, and you could say adrenal carcinoma, metastasis, maybe you should think about lymphoma as well, melanoma. Then you see a mass that's in the pancreatic head. The masses look the same, they're homogeneous, and I guess I could not argue if you said metastatic melanoma. Be unusual, but I guess theoretically possible. This doesn't look like pancreatic cancer, and pancreatic cancer rarely goes to the adrenal. Primary adrenal carcinoma going to the uh, pancreas would be very unlikely. Also, it's almost too homogeneous. Adrenal carcinomas are usually vascular, but they're irregular, and there's a mottled appearance. And paragangliomas can be very vascular. They're a form of pheochromocytoma. This is solid mass, homogeneous, looks the same both in the pancreas and the adrenal bed. This is very classic, and this was primary lymphoma involving the adrenal and the pancreas wonderful case. Anyway, those were 10 terrific cases. I showed you some examples. I focused on adrenal or masses near the adrenal bed, some of the similarities, some of the differences, and hopefully I gave you a few good points that will help you get all 10 correct next time, but probably more important, hopefully when they cross your desk at work, you'll get them correct then. And with that, I wish you a great day. Have fun. Bye.